Section two of the story of a Hagar by Hagar, translated by F. C. Coney Bear, J. Randall Harris, and Agnes Smith Lewis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section two. Then he sealed the letter and sent it to Hagar by one of the king's servants. And he took the other letter which he had written and spread it before the king and read it to him and shewed him the seal. And when the king heard what was in the letter, he was perplexed with a great perplexity and was wroth with a great and fierce wrath and said, Ah, I have shewn my wisdom. What have I done to Hagar that he has written these letters to my enemies? Is this my recompense from him for my benefits to him? And Nadan said to him, Be not grieved, O king, nor be wroth, but let us go to the plain of Nisran and see if the tale be true or not. Then Nadan arose on the fifth day and took the king and the soldiers and the vizier, and they went to the desert to the plain of Nisran. And the king looked, and lo, Hagar and the army were set in array. And when Hagar saw that the king was there, he approached and signaled to the army to move as in war and to fight in array against the king as it had been found in the letter, he not knowing what a pit Nadan had digged for him. And when the king saw the act of Hagar, he was seized with anxiety and terror and perplexity and was wroth with a great wrath. And Nadan said to him, Hast thou seen, O my lord the king, what this wretch has done? But be not thou wroth, and be not grieved nor pained, but go to thy house and sit on thy throne, and I will bring Hagar to thee bound and chained with chains, and I will chase away thine enemy from thee without toil. And the king returned to his throne, being provoked about Hagar, and did nothing concerning him. And Nadan went to Hagar and said to him, Hola, O my uncle! The king verily rejoiceth in thee with great joy, and thanks thee for having done what he commanded thee. And now he hath sent me to thee, that thou mayest dismiss the soldiers to their duties, and come thyself to him with thy hands bound behind thee, and thy feet chained, that the ambassadors of Pharaoh may see this, and that the king may be feared by them and by their king. Then answered Hagar and said, To hear is to obey. And he rose straightway and bound his hands behind him and chained his feet. And Nadan took him and went with him to the king. And when Hagar entered the king's presence, he did obeisance before him on the ground and wished for power and perpetual life to the king. Then said the king, O Hagar, my secretary, the governor of my affairs, my chancellor, the ruler of my state, tell me what evil have I done to thee that thou hast rewarded me by this ugly deed. Then they shewed him the letters in his writing and with his seal. And when Hagar saw this, his limbs trembled and his tongue was tied at once, and he was unable to speak a word from fear, but he hung his head towards the earth and was dumb. And when the king saw this, he felt certain that the thing was from him, and he straightway arose and commanded them to kill Hagar and to strike his neck with the sword outside of the city. Then Nadan screamed and said, O Hagar, O black face, what avails thee thy meditation or thy power in the doing of this deed to the king? Thus says the storyteller. And the name of the swordsman was Ibn Samik. And the king said to him, O swordsman, arise, go cleave the neck of Hagar at the door of his house and cast away his head from his body a hundred cubits. 
Then Hagar knelt before the king and said, Let my lord the king live for ever. And if thou desire to slay me, let thy wish be fulfilled, and I know that I am not guilty. But the wicked man has to give an account of his wickedness. Nevertheless, O my lord the king, I beg of thee of thy friendship, permit the swordsmen to give my body to my slaves, that they may bury me and let thy slave be thy sacrifice. The king arose and commanded the swordsmen to do with him according to his desire, and he straightway commanded his servants to take Hagar and the swordsmen, and to go with him naked that they may slay him. And when Hagar knew for certain that he was to be slain, he sent to his wife and said to her, Come out and meet me, and let there be with thee a thousand young virgins, and dress them in gowns of purple and silk, that they may weep for me before my death. And prepare a table for the swordsman and for his servants, and mingle plenty of wine that they may drink. And she did all that he commanded her, and she was very wise, clever, and prudent, and she united all possible courtesy and learning. And when the army of the king and the swordsmen arrived, they found the table set in order, and the wine and the luxurious viands, and they began eating and drinking till they were gorged and drunken. Then Hagar took the swordsman aside apart from the company and said, O Abu Samik, dost thou not know that when Sarhadam, the king, the father of Sennacherib, wanted to kill thee, I took thee and hid thee in a certain place till the king's anger subsided, and he asked for thee? And when I brought thee into his presence, he rejoiced in thee. And now remember the kindness I did thee. And I know that the king will repent him about me and will be wroth with a great wrath about my execution, for I am not guilty. And it shall be when thou shalt present me before him in his palace, thou shalt meet with great good fortune, and know that Nadan, my sister's son, has deceived me and has done this bad deed to me, and the king will repent of having slain me. And now I have a cellar in the side of my house and no one knows of it. Hide me in it with the knowledge of my wife, and I have a slave in prison who deserves to be killed. Bring him out and dress him in my clothes, and command the servants when they are drunk to slay him. They will not know who it is they are killing. And cast away his head a hundred cubits from his body, and give his body to my slaves that they may bury it. And thou shalt have laid up a great treasure with me. And then the swordsman did as Hagar had commanded him, and he went to the king and said to him, May thy head live forever. Then Hagar's wife let down to him in the hiding place all that sufficed for him, and no one knew of it but herself. And the story was reported and repeated and spread abroad in every place of how Hagar the sage had been slain and was dead, and all the people of that city mourned for him. And they wept and said, Alas for thee, O Hagar, and for thy learning and thy courtesy. How sad about thee, and about thy knowledge! Where can another like thee be found? And where can there be a man so intelligent, so learned, so skilled in ruling as to resemble thee, that he may fill thy place? But the king was repenting about Hagar, and his repentance availed him not. Then he called for Nadan, and said to him, Go, and take thy friends with thee, and make a mourning and a weeping for thy uncle Hagar and lament for him as the custom is, doing honor to his memory. But when Nadan, the foolish, the ignorant, the hard-hearted, 
when to the house of his uncle he neither wept nor sorrowed nor wailed but assembled heartless and dissolute people and set about eating and drinking and nadan began to seize the maid-servants and the slaves belonging to hagar and bound them and tortured them and drubbed them with a sore drubbing and he did not respect the wife of his uncle she who had brought him up like her own boy but wanted her to fall into sin with him but hagar had been cast into the hiding-place and he heard the weeping of his slaves and his neighbors and he praised the most high god the merciful one and gave thanks and he always prayed and besought the most high god and the swordsman came from time to time to hagar whilst he was in the midst of the hiding-place and hagar came and entreated him and he comforted him and wished him deliverance and when the story was reported in other countries that hagar the sage had been slain all the kings were grieved and despised king sennacherib and they lamented over hagar the solver of riddles and when the king of egypt had made sure that hagar was slain he arose straightway and wrote a letter to king sennacherib reminding him in it of the peace and the health and the might and the honor which we wish specially for thee my beloved brother king sennacherib i have been desiring to build a castle between the heaven and the earth and i want thee to send me a wise clever man from thyself to build it for me and to answer all my questions and that i may have the taxes and the custom duties of assyria for three years then he sealed the letter and sent it to sennacherib he took it and read it and gave it to his viziers and to the nobles of his kingdom and they were perplexed and ashamed and he was wroth with a great wrath and was puzzled about how he should act then he assembled the old men and the learned men and the wise men and the philosophers and the diviners and the astrologers and every one who was in his country and read them the letter and said to them who amongst you will go to pharaoh king of egypt and answer him his questions and they said to him oh our lord the king know thou that there is none in thy kingdom who is acquainted with these questions except hagar thy vizier and secretary but as for us we have no skill in this unless it be nadan his sister's son for he taught him all his wisdom and learning and knowledge call him to thee perchance he may untie this hard knot then the king called nadan and said to him look at this letter and understand what is in it and when nadan read it he said o oh, my lord who is able to build a castle between the heaven and the earth and when the king heard the speech of nadan he sorrowed with a great and sore sorrow and stepped down from his throne and sat on the ashes and began to weep and wail over hagar saying o oh, my grief o oh, hagar who didst know the secrets and the riddles woe is me for thee o oh, hagar o oh, teacher of my country and ruler of my kingdom where shall i find thy like o oh, hagar o oh, teacher of my country where shall i turn for thee woe is me for thee how did i destroy thee and i listened to the talk of a stupid ignorant boy without knowledge without judgment without manliness ah and again ah for myself who can give thee to me just for once or bring me word that hagar is alive and i would give him the half of my kingdom whence is this to me ah hagar that i might see thee just for once 
that I might take my fill of gazing at thee and delighting in thee. Oh, my grief for thee to all time. O Hagar, how have I killed thee? And I tarried not in thy case till I had seen the end of the matter. And the king went on weeping night and day. Now when the swordsmen saw the wrath of the king and his sorrow for Hagar, his heart was softened towards him, and he approached into his presence and said to him, O my lord, command thy servants to cut off my head. Then said the king to him, Woe to thee, Abu Samek, what is thy fault? And the swordsman said unto him, O my master, every slave who acts contrary to the word of his master is killed, and I have acted contrary to thy command. Then the king said unto him, Woe unto thee, O Abu Samek, in what hast thou acted contrary to my command? And the swordsman said unto him, O my lord, thou didst command me to kill Hagar, and I knew that thou wouldst repent thee concerning him, and that he had been wronged, and I hid him in a certain place, and I killed one of his slaves, and he is now safe in the cistern. And if thou command me, I will bring him to thee. And the king said unto him, Woe to thee, O Abu Samik! Thou hast mocked me, and I am thy lord. And the swordsman said unto him, Nay, but by the life of thy head, O my lord, Hagar is safe and alive. And when the king heard that saying, he felt sure of the matter, and his head swam, and he fainted from joy, and he commanded them to bring Hagar. And he said to the swordsman, O trusty servant, if thy speech be true, I would fain enrich thee and exalt thy dignity above that of all thy friends. And the swordsman went along rejoicing till he came to Hagar's house. And he opened the door of the hiding place and went down and found Hagar sitting, praising God and thanking him. And he shouted to him, saying, O Hagar, I bring the greatest of joy and happiness and delight. And Hagar said to him, What is the news, O Abu Samik? And he told him all about Pharaoh from the beginning to the end. Then he took him and went to the king. And when the king looked at him and saw him in a state of want, and that his hair had grown long like the wild beasts, and his nails like the claws of an eagle, and that his body was dirty with dust, and the color of his face had changed and faded and was now like ashes. And when the king saw him, he sorrowed over him, and rose at once and embraced him and kissed him and wept over him, and said, Praise be to God who hath brought thee back to me. Then he consoled him and comforted him, and he stripped off his robe and put it on the swordsman, and was very gracious to him, and gave him great wealth, and made Hagar rest. Then said Hagar to the king, Let my lord the king live forever. These be the deeds of the children of the world. I have reared me a palm tree that I might lean on it, and it bent sideways and threw me down. But, O oh my lord, since I have appeared before thee, let not care oppress thee. And the king said to him, Blessed be God, who shewed thee mercy, and knew that thou wast wronged, and saved thee, and delivered thee from being slain. But go to the warm bath, and shave thy head, and cut thy nails, and change thy clothes, and amuse thyself for the space of forty days, that thou mayest do good to thyself, and improve thy condition, and the color of thy face may come back to thee. Then the king stripped off his costly robe, and put it on Hagar. And Hagar thanked God, and did obeisance to the king, 
and departed to his dwelling glad and happy, praising the Most High God. And the people of his household rejoiced with him, and his friends and everyone who heard that he was alive rejoiced also. And he did as the king commanded him, and took a rest for forty days. Then he dressed himself in his gayest dress, and went riding to the king, with his slaves behind him and before him, rejoicing and delighted. But when Nadan, his sister's son, perceived what was happening, fear took hold of him in terror, and he was perplexed, not knowing what to do. And when Hagar saw it, he entered into the king's presence and greeted him, and he returned the greeting and made him sit down at his side, saying to him, O oh, my darling Hagar, look at these letters which the king of Egypt sent to us, after he had heard that thou wast slain. They have provoked us and overcome us, and many of the people of our country have fled to Egypt for fear of the taxes that the king of Egypt has sent to demand from us. Then Hagar took the letter and read it, and understood all its contents. Then he said to the king, Be not wroth, O my lord. I will go to Egypt, and I will return the answers to Pharaoh, and I will display this letter to him, and I will reply to him about the taxes, and I will send back all those who have run away, and I will put thy enemies to shame with the help of the Most High God, and for the happiness of thy kingdom. And when the king heard this speech from Hagar, he rejoiced with a great joy, and his heart was expanded, and he shewed him favor. And Hagar said to the king, Grant me a delay of forty days that I may consider this question and manage it. And the king permitted this. And Hagar went to his dwelling, and he commanded the huntsmen to capture two young eaglets for him. And they captured them, and brought them to him. And he commanded the weavers of ropes to weave two cables of cotton for him, each of them a thousand cubits long. And he had the carpenters brought, and ordered them to make two great boxes, and they did this. Then he took two little lads, and spent every day sacrificing lambs, and feeding the eagles and the boys, and making the boys ride on the backs of the eagles. And he bound them with a firm knot, and tied the cable to the feet of the eagles, and let them soar upwards little by little every day to a distance of ten cubits, till they grew accustomed and were educated to it. And they rose all the length of the rope till they reached the sky, the boys being on their backs. Then he drew them to himself. And when Hagar saw that his desire was fulfilled, he charged the boys that when they were borne aloft to the sky, they were to shout, saying, Bring us clay and stone that we may build a castle for King Pharaoh, for we are idle. And Hagar was never done training them and exercising them till they had reached the utmost possible point of skill. Then leaving them, he went to the king and said to him, O my lord, the work is finished according to thy desire. Arise with me that I may shew thee the wonder. So the king sprang up and sat with Hagar and went to a wide place and sent to bring the eagles and the boys. And he tied them and let them off into the air all the length of the ropes, and they began to shout as Hagar had taught them. Then he drew them to himself and put them in their places. And the king and those who were with him wondered with a great wonder. And the king kissed Hagar between his eyes and said to him, Go in peace, O my beloved, O pride of my kingdom, to Egypt and answer the questions of Pharaoh, and overcome him by the strength of the Most High God. Then he bade him farewell and took his troops and his army and the young men and the eagles, and went towards the dwelling of Egypt. And when he had arrived, he turned towards the country of the king. 
And when the people of Egypt knew that Sennacherib had sent a man of his privy council to talk with Pharaoh and to answer his questions, they carried the news to King Pharaoh, and he sent a party of his privy councillors to bring him before him. And he came and entered into the presence of Pharaoh and did obeisance to him, as it is fitting to do to kings. And he said to him, O my lord the king, Sennacherib the king hails thee with abundance of peace and might and honor. And he has sent me, who am one of his slaves, that I may answer thee thy questions and may fulfill all thy desire. For thou hast sent to seek from my lord the king a man who will build thee a castle between the heaven and the earth. And I, by the help of the Most High God, and thy noble favor and the power of my lord the king, will build it for thee as thou desirest. But, O my lord the king, what thou hast said in it about the taxes of Egypt for three years, now the stability of a kingdom is strict justice, and if thou winnest, and my hand hath no skill in replying to thee, then my lord the king will send thee the taxes which thou hast mentioned, and if I shall have answered thee in thy questions, it shall remain for thee to send whatever thou hast mentioned to my lord the king. And when Pharaoh heard that speech, he wondered and was perplexed by the freedom of his tongue and the pleasantness of his speech. And King Pharaoh said to him, O man, what is thy name? And he said, Thy servant is Abiquam, and I am a little ant of the ants of King Sennacherib. And Pharaoh said to him, had thy lord no one of higher dignity than thee, that he has sent me a little ant to reply to me and to converse with me? And Hagar said to him, O my lord the king, I would to God most high that I may fulfill what is on thy mind, for God is with the weak that he may confound the strong. Then Pharaoh commanded that they should prepare a dwelling for Abiquam and supply him with provender, meat and drink, and all that he needed. And when it was finished three days afterwards, Pharaoh clothed himself in purple and red, and sat on his throne, and all his viziers, the magnates of his kingdom, were standing with their hands crossed, their feet close together, and their heads bowed. And Pharaoh sent to fetch Abiquam, and when he was presented to him, he did obeisance before him, and kissed the ground in front of him. And King Pharaoh said to him, O oh, Abiquam, whom am I like? and the nobles of my kingdom, to whom are they like? And Hagar said to him, O my lord the king, thou art like the idle bell, and the nobles of thy kingdom are like his servants. He said to him, Go, and come back hither to-morrow. So Hagar went as king Pharaoh had commanded him, and on the morrow Hagar went into the presence of Pharaoh, and did obeisance and stood before the king. And Pharaoh was dressed in a red color, and the nobles were dressed in white. And Pharaoh said to him, O oh, Abiquam, whom am I like? And the nobles of my kingdom, to whom are they like? And Abiquam said to him, O oh, my lord, thou art like the sun, and thy servants are like its beams. And Pharaoh said to him, Go to thy dwelling, and come hither to-morrow. Then Pharaoh commanded his court to wear pure white, and Pharaoh was dressed like them, and sat upon his throne, and he commanded them to fetch Hagar. And he entered and sat down before him, and Pharaoh said to him, O Abiquam, whom am I like? And my nobles, to whom are they like? And Abiquam said to him, O my lord, thou art like the moon, and thy nobles are like the planets and the stars. And Pharaoh said to him, 
go, and tomorrow be thou here. Then Pharaoh commanded his servants to wear robes of various colors, and Pharaoh wore a red velvet dress, and sat on his throne, and commanded them to fetch Abiquam. And he entered, and did obeisance before him. And he said, O Abiquam, whom am I like? And my armies, to whom are they like? And he said, O my lord, thou art like the month of April, and thy armies are like its flowers. And when the king heard it, he rejoiced with a great joy, and said, O Abiquam, the first time thou didst compare me to the idle bell, and my nobles to his servants, and the second time thou didst compare me to the sun, and my nobles to the sunbeams, and the third time thou didst compare me to the moon, and my nobles to the planets and the stars, and the fourth time thou didst compare me to the month of April, and my nobles to its flowers. But now, O Abiquam, tell me, thy lord, King Sennacherib, whom is he like, and his nobles to whom are they like? And Hagar shouted with a loud voice and said, Be it far from me to make mention of my lord the king, and thou seated on thy throne. But get up on thy feet that I may tell thee whom my lord the king is like, and to whom his nobles are like. And Pharaoh was perplexed by the freedom of his tongue and his boldness in answering. Then Pharaoh arose from his throne and stood before Hagar and said to him, Tell me now that I may perceive whom thy lord the king is like, and his nobles to whom they are like. And Hagar said to him, My lord is the God of heaven, and his nobles are the lightnings and the thunder, and when he wills, the winds blow, and the rain falls. And he commands the thunder, and its lightens and rains, and he holds the sun, and it gives not its light, and the moon and the stars, and they circle not. And he commands the tempests, and it blows, and rain falls, and it tramples on April, and destroys its flowers and its houses. And when Pharaoh heard this speech, he was greatly perplexed, and was wroth with a great wrath, and said to him, O oh man, tell me the truth, and let me know who thou really art. And he told him the truth. I am Hagar the scribe, greatest of the privy counsellors of King Sennacherib, and I am his vizier, and the governor of his kingdom, and his chancellor. And he said to him, Thou hast told the truth in this saying, but we have heard of Hagar, that the king Sennacherib has slain him, yet thou dost seem to be alive and well. And Hagar said to him, Yes, so it was, but praise be to God, who knoweth what is hidden. For my lord the king commanded me to be killed, and he believed the word of profligate men, but the lord delivered me. And blessed is he who trusteth in him. And Pharaoh said to Hagar, Go, and tomorrow be thou here, and tell me a word that I have never heard from my nobles, nor from the people of my kingdom and my country. End of section 2. Read by C.J. Plogue.